0: All right. All of you good, wonderful citizens of Crip Nation. Hope you guys are having a fantastic week. A lot of volatility in the market. Uh, I'm excited. There's a lot to break down. Um, Brendan is out. He's he's enjoying a week off. He's camping or he, he's completely off the grid. I, I actually don't even know where the hell he is, but that's not important. What's important is I'm joined by our super producer, Tebow. Tebow, how are you doing, my man?
1: Doing good, doing good as always. Uh, excited to be here. I believe Brendan is in the Bahamas. So okay, he's enjoying some nice, uh, nice weather, turquoise blue water, and
0: uh, hopefully a good time. Yeah, I love it. Actually, my my in laws are are in the Bahamas right now. It'd be it'd be crazy if they crossed paths. Um, place to
1: be, place to be. It,
0: it's the place to be. TiVo, uh, Bitcoin above fifty k, Bitcoin below fifty k, Bitcoin back above, Bitcoin back below. I mean, it's it's a pretty crazy market, um, and things are really being dictated by uh, by these ETF flows. I mean, you've seen these charts, right? Like Eric Balkanis, he's sharing them. James Seyfert. uh Matt Hogan is, is, is you know obviously CIO of, of Bitwise. He's been on the show a bunch of times, and he's he, like really elucidating this entire thing for me. And I'm like blown away by some of the statistics. Um, yeah, we got it pulled up right here. After one month, four of the 25 fastest-growing ETFs, not just of this year, not of just the past five, of all time are spot Bitcoin ETFs. And these things have been trading for about, you know, 30 days, right? They like, they launched on January 11th um, and, and whatever. It's it's February 13th we're recording this. And so it's been just about 30 days. And there's some enormous stats that, that we're seeing here. Um, one thing that I wanted to talk about was the fact that, that actually – the, the Bitcoin ETFs, um, the IBIT and the FBTC, we'll, we'll talk about these, which is BlackRock's and Fidelity's. Um, they've already got, IBIT has about $4 billion in the first 30 days. Uh, Fidelity's spot Bitcoin ETF, I think it was about $3.5 billion in the first 30 days. Um, there's, out of the 5,500 US ETFs to ever launch, no ETF has ever and I repeat, ever within the first 30 days, gotten above three billion dollars of inflows or assets under management, um, and we have two. We have two already within the first 30 days that just smashed that record. So for anybody who's out there that's saying, um, you know, this has been a failed ETF, Bitcoin's still, you know, fifty thousand dollars or whatever, they're just dead wrong. There's just they're just dead wrong. There's no way you can rationalize that when it's smashing these records um, now there's a lot of people talking about grayscale and okay, well, grayscale has been selling and you know, it's down 25% of its, of its AUM. Um, But a lot of that AUM went from grayscale into other Bitcoin ETFs. Um, And like we mentioned, uh, bitwise uh, is kind of the, the fourth leader here. Um, And I forget who's the, uh, the other third one. Oh, uh, arc invest Kathy woods fund. Now these two both, have about a billion dollars of assets within the first 30 days as well so this has been a smashing success um and you know we've got now just the the spigot turned on right the water spigots turned on there's passive inflows coming from institutional investors who have never really you know been buying bitcoin in the past now they're all uh, able to get access to bitcoin um and you know, to the, the build a, we'll-
1: to build off these wild stats, yeah, oh, not to cut you off, sorry, but I no, want to no, build go, off go, these go wild off. stats. so th- this was um one thing uh, Matt Hogan's been firing his Twitter's unbelievable recently, but he was saying today that he actually was noticing that there are a lot of people selling GBTC and going into the lower feed funds, but he's also he said you'd be surprised of how much inorganic new buyers that there are as well. Mm. and just to to go off those steroid padded stats that you just did, here's a chart here that we're showing. <laughs> And this is um this is percentage days of inflows. So FBTC Fidelity mm-hmm. and Ibit have had a hundred percent of all the days that they've been live. Like this chart was from yesterday. That's ludicrous. So hundred, yeah. So every day there's been inflows, and you can see there. You know the percentage of days with inflows: a hundred, a hundred, and then the next the next closest is fifteen for like setting a record. You got ninety and other pro shares bitcoin strat etf so i, I mean the, these stats are they're kind of mind-boggling like they were really setting are. right it's like they're record setting stuff
0: they're record setting i'm, I'm going to show you a quick chart here um, as well so so here's a uh just a, a quick screenshot here of the etf flows as of yesterday so you can see all this black right down here this is all like outflows from the gbtc um investment trust fund which has a one and a half percent management fee annually Whereas all these other colorful ones on top have like a 0.2% management fee. So, you know, several factors, uh, you know, cheaper. Um, and you could see, you know, really quite a tug of war uh, between inflows and outflows on uh, some of these ETFs. But you could see this is just diminishing. I mean, as a momentum chart, like if you take, you know, if you look at like something like an oscillator or whatever, I mean, this is the, the selling momentum is declining, right? You have, you have less sell pressure. In fact, now, you know, over here on the right-hand side of the chart, um, you know, the the, the net purchases are, are way, way, way more significant than, than any of the net selling. Um, so yeah, so the Bitcoin ETF flows, um, you could see like why the first half of January was really choppy, right? You could see just like, you know, there was a tug of war. So Bitcoin hit 50K, then it came back down to like 38K and there was a big trading range that was set. But now you could see Bitcoin uh, you know, trading a you know around fifty thousand dollars again um, on the back of like you know just very little sell pressure. So it's pretty interesting what's going on with the Bitcoin ETF flows, but that's just kind of one aspect of of what's pushing and pulling the market. TiVo, what else have you kind of seen that's trending on social media or uh, just been getting a lot of buzz?
1: well i spoke to my uncle who uh not a crypto guy is a big finance guy he's a okay. uh, he, he is a cfo of a uh smaller company but is is publicly listed and wow. uh he, he we we're just we we're just chopping it up and, and he's like how's work going and he's like but been hearing a lot of a lot of bitcoin noise he's Lots like you know I, what do, he's like what do you know about gbtc so he brought that up because they're, they're the ads i'm seeing him everywhere he's like is that if I want exposure, should I buy that? And then I broke down, well, you know, that's an option. Here's what's going on with all the fees and all the options. And, you know, kind of we had a good conversation about it, but I thought that was interesting because he's the perfect candidate of somebody who's in finance, traditional finance mm-hmm. guy, very smart. Um, and he's starting, you know, he's hearing the buzz and then he's catching the ads. And obviously, G- GBTC, if you watch CNBC, is just
0: I think they're every other commercial break, they have a quick ad. Yeah. Um, Any so anytime you seeing walk seeing a, through a lot airport. And, Anytime you walk through an airport, you see GBTC, like, plastered mm-hmm. on the walls, which is pretty crazy. Yeah. They've done a great job marketing.
1: Yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. And so so did uh, Bit, Bitwise did before mm-hmm. it got – so I guess they knew, but, like, you know, the week before was when the uh, most interesting man in the world uh, yes. commercial, the Dosakis guy. So it's like Matt Hogan's a great there one. cheering with – yeah, cheering with the Dosakis <laughs> guys. That was great. They, but they haven't, they haven't uh, rebooted that. I thought they might keep playing that after it got uh, – Um, approved but
0: we'll see Um, but something I I saw Matt brought up Matt Matt was uh speaking at one of this the, the really big ETF conferences along with all these guys we've been talking about they're all there and something that you know I saw on Twitter that he he said on stage was that he's expecting like a big second wave of inflows and he's justifying this big second wave of inflows actually Because a lot of the national sort of uh, advisors, these financial advisors, these brokerage firms, all this kind of stuff, a lot of times they require, in order for them to offer an ETF to their customers, they require that ETF to be trading for like three months, to have a little bit of a track record, all that kind of stuff, right? And so many of these firms, these financial advisors, aren't even able, like by their bylaws, even able to offer any of these Bitcoin ETFs. Um, but within a few months, they will be. So, you know, there, there's kind of potentially maybe a little bit of a lull in the market, um, right? You know, I mean, obviously, Bitcoin's been, been crazy, but, you know, we might see a little bit of a lull, he's, he might be saying, uh, going forward as, you know, can we really keep up, you know, $500 billion a day or sorry, $500 million a day of net inflows to these things? Um, you know, at some point, maybe that fades out, um, but there's going to be a second wave of a new kind of universe of market participants kind of being open. So I thought that was pretty fascinating um, just to, to think like, you know, we we've kind of just cracked open the jar, but we haven't even taken the lid off, if that makes sense.
1: No, for sure. And, and like you said, what, what am I seeing? So I, there's an interesting divergence going on. And so there, here's, our, here's our next two topics, but they actually relate really well one is the crypto economy is humming so you sent me um we're going to pull up a couple charts here you sent me something and i found something else and then the the divergence is uh google search you know the traditional retail people people are not searching for bitcoin so we'll do that second we'll do that second the people that are in the economy that know and love it that have been here through the bear market the activity is at an all-time high so let me show you this one bryce this one is one that i found and then we'll go to the one that you found so this is another another matt hogan gem and he said, should we just is call this the, the Matt Hogan picture. episode? <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it is, it is the Matt Hogan episode and this is going to uh, make me reach out. I'm going to reach out and, uh, and it's kind of his world him and to we're get just him back on. right now. A hundred percent. We had, we had a, we had a, a James say phase and then now we're in the Matt Hogan phase. So we gotta get, we gotta get Matt back on. Yeah. Um, but I, I mean, just look at this chart. So it's, um so it's stable coin usage compared to PayPal, Visa, uh, Fed wire remittances and ACH and just mm. 2016 wow. to present day and all the traditional ones. I mean, you get PayPal would be least traditional, but, uh, you know, still PayPal has been around for a long time now and compared to stablecoin usage. And stablecoin usage has surpassed PayPal and surpassed remittances and is just below uh, Visa. That's incredible. And, and as we know from talking to Solana, Visa is mm-hmm. starting to test out using Solana itself. Absolutely. So
0: I thought that was fascinating. And take note, real quick, before you exit out, take note of who shared that originally was Morgan Stanley. Um, you know, this is an incumbent bank. They're they're kind of inclined uh, to, to not want to share this kind of information because they don't own the stablecoin market. But, like, you can't fight the facts and figures. Stablecoins are an, an incredibly quickly growing technology. Um, it's just so much easier, I mean, to, just to send somebody – a stable coin as opposed to you know requesting wire information and all that kind of stuff. So it is a, a whole just a, it's a whole it's a whole beast and I'm really excited about what's going on. But um if you click over to um the the chart from Jamie Coates um really really smart analyst um I believe a Bloomberg analyst don't quote me on that. Click his uh, click his name here. Is he Bloomberg?
1: Pragmatic Yeah, Bloomberg blockchain. Intelligence. Okay, yeah, right. Bloomberg Intelligence.
0: Okay, cool. And so, yeah, that's kind of the same firm that that James was working at. But you can see here 55% increase in daily active users on smart contract platforms. That is from from, from over the past 12 months, right? So in the past year, um, not only have prices rallied, but you see an increasing amount of daily active users. That's just, you know, we don't need to spend too much time on this. That's just a great stat. You know, that's just something you want to have in your back pocket for for people saying oh well you know people aren't developing on smart contracts people aren't using this crap da, da, da. hey th- this is up 55 percent in the last uh, 12 months and you know if, if you take a look at some of the other the smaller uh, platforms you know those are the growth is even uh, more significant so uh, really excited about that um, just you know in order to have kind of a sustained bull market you got to have users
1: no, hundred percent, and that is why the next flowing into the next topic is you know I you know I'm a big fan of the Google search um, right. term you know
0: percentage of you know
1: down not downloads but searches and yeah for the first like time- like how many people are this, searching
0: for the word Bitcoin on Google basically and yeah that.
1: Bitcoin crypto exactly and so you would think as you know we approach the ETF it, it would it would go up and it did and then you know now that we're approaching 50k and you know I mean Dare I say it, all-time highs are within sight. And yeah. just uh, w- what doesn't add up is the divergence. So here's a chart here of correlating Bitcoin search um, on Google and price. And as you can see, obviously, the price uh, or the Google search term skyrocketed here in 2018 compared to price. But for the most part, I mean, you could say, I mean, I'll, I don't want to speak for you, but would you say that looks pretty correlated for the most part from 18 yeah. to 21? Absolutely. And, oh, you know, and then it big correlation. If, you know, go ahead. No, I was, I was agreeing. Big correlation. So then it drops off with the price in twenty two, and you know, we're in the bear market. And I, I just what what you're seeing here at the end there is this price I don't want to say skyrocketing, but a steady incline and then a sharp jump from thirty to fifty, and then that that correlates with the ETF. So you're seeing all the Bitcoin searches, Bitcoin, Bitcoin, Bitcoin ETF that goes and, and search just drops off price stays and keeps going
0: higher. Yeah. So you see who's, who's from arc who, who launched one of these Bitcoin ETFs. Um, very, very smart uh, investor and points this out, which is, which is really interesting. And I think like we could be just like with these institutional ETFs, we could just be in a completely different sort of market. Um, like your uncle or like these, you know, big sort of finance people, they're not like Googling Bitcoin anymore. Like everybody pretty Mm. much knows the word Bitcoin. People aren't like really asking what it is that much anymore. Um, I think it's pretty well like grokked or really well sussed out. And so I think just like maybe this sort of correlation or maybe this sort of um, indication has like some level of like entropy to it or like it breaks down over time. Like it's not actually carrying as much weight now as it did in the past because in the past it was a retail driven market it was me it was you it was all these you know crazy Mm -hmm. you know kids with with nothing but a a, a few bucks in a dream you know punting it on bitcoin and you know everybody's googling it and and you know telling their friends about it you know just go look it up and now it's like all right we got commercials uh you know on national television we've got blackrock and larry fink going on cnbc you know telling everybody what Bitcoin is. So I think, you know, this just has a little bit of of entropy behind it, and it might not carry that much weight. And so um, it is a really interesting sign that retail is not here yet, because once that like guarantee retails, the people that are Googling, you know, what is Bitcoin, all that kind of stuff. So once you see that start to pick up, I mean, you're going to see even more momentum. But, you know, right now, there's just there's not a lot of euphoria. I have not gotten a single and I'm not exaggerating. I'm I'm very honest here. I've not got a single text from any one of my friends, like, hey, Bitcoin's back at 50K, or, you know, my in-laws aren't calling me like they typically do, like when Bitcoin has these big moves and all this kind of stuff. It's It's been pretty, you know, calm, you know? And I think that's yeah. a good indication. Like, typically, when when all your friends are calling you and, you know, asking what altcoins to buy, that typically ends up being a top signal. I just haven't had any of those sentiment sort of reads on, on my close circle. What about you?
1: Uh, Yeah, no. Basically... My my closer cousins and people that I talk to all the time know that I work in it, so they ask questions. But yeah, no no random ones. Yeah. Um so yeah, I, I'm 100% agree with you, and I, I agree with your point. I did see some people on the timeline, um, kind of say, you know, hey, the the Bitcoin Google search volume, you know, it's it's kind of jumped the shark, like you said. People know what Bitcoin is, but I would still think that if if there was the retail's interested i think it's still indication to check because even just the bitcoin price today bitcoin so you could see the bitcoin chart on google search like that would count so even Mm -hmm. if they're not searching what is bitcoin i don't understand bitcoin like yeah everybody knows what bitcoin is by now in the sense of the word bitcoin or what you know the basics of it but they'll they'll still be searching for price and so I, i think i still believe in the chart of saying like people just aren't interested and we're just slowly climbing like you said with the new etf
0: um, and re- retail's just not there yet. Yeah, crazy, uh, crazy, crazy. One other crazy thing that we should definitely talk about: Charles Gasparino, who is a Fox Business uh, analyst reporter, um, always has some kind of crazy scoop. I saw he just dropped a scoop right here. We'll, we'll just read it out: SEC government. Uh, you know, this agency bracing for major exodus among senior enforcement lawyers in its crypto assets and cyber unit divisions, according to officials at major law firms who have seen several of these resumes floated across their desk, Um, obviously withholding names, all that kind of stuff. But Gary Gensler's controversial leadership uh, isn't really letting up here. So I'm very curious to see how this one plays out. And I've seen a lot of crypto lawyers kind of like boycotting, like, don't hire these SEC lawyers. Um, You know, they've kind of screwed the industry for a long time. And, you know, they might not really, you know, have the best sort of intel and all that kind of stuff. They might not be the right guys for the job. And I think it's maybe a little bit of a chip on these shoulders of of some of the lawyers. But on the other hand, I saw other people commenting like, yeah, there's going to be projects that scoop these guys up within two or three days. Like, they've got, you know, the inside track. They understand how the government works. Like, of course, they're going to, you know, kind of come on. But um, so I don't know. I'm kind of split. I think if you could, you know, convert these guys from the dark side to the light side and get them working for you and understanding the ins and the outs of the agencies, that's probably a net positive for the crypto industry, um, as opposed to just, you know, holding a grudge. I always say like holding a grudge is like taking poison and expecting somebody else to get hurt. It doesn't do you any good. Um, you know, you're, you're just hurting yourself if you're not going to leverage the, the knowledge and the know-how of these guys. So, and, and, and gals. So I'm very curious to see how this shakes out. And I'm sure there's going to be some big, uh, you know, PRS news wire kind of stuff. All this, uh, you know, kind of people coming out saying, oh, yeah, like, you know, I left the SEC and now I'm working at Andreessen Horowitz or, you know, Coinbase or Grayscale or, you know, BlackRock's crypto division. There's going to be a bunch of these sort of uh, PR news things to hit the wire. Uh, I I just got to be sure of it. Um, You know, yeah. yeah, And and you want to
1: build people with relationships right so like if you're a senior staff member at the sec and you know you go work for a you know established crypto company it would be good to have those relationships in the sec i would think so yeah i agree with you yeah
0: get the chips off the shoulder get the chips off the shoulder it doesn't hurt anybody
2: our bodies come in different shapes and sizes so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too
0: Um let's take a look at some charts while we're still all here. What do you say I'd love to i'd lo- I'd love to pick your brain You're okay my,
1: cool I, I love i love when the there's my action uh, going on i'm always i'm I'm on our coaching calls i'm I'm reading <laughs> the newsletters you know i I You're produce there. all that stuff and distribute it but before I do, I always take a look at it especially you know like right now when the markets are hot
0: you you would be a fool not to um in a sense i mean we're going to stop paying you and you just get the, get the hot tips. (laughs) Uh, Okay, cool. Let me pull up some charts here. All right, everybody. So I got my chart pulled up here and I know there's a lot going on. I'm going to break it down for you, but also real quick, everybody who's at home listening or whatever, you're at work and you're on Spotify or something where it's just audio. um, Highly recommend you check out our YouTube. Our YouTube link is in the uh, show notes and you can see these charts that we're going to talk about. So, um, here's an interesting, you know, kind of fundamental slash uh, technical trade idea. I put this out in our in our channel, um, and just wanted to, you know, I like teaching everybody how to do TA, um, technical analysis, um, and also we do a lot of fundamental analysis. So I always start from a fundamental standpoint. And synthetics is uh, one of these, you know, perpetual trading platforms. Uh, full of disclosure: I have exposure, affiliates of mine. You guys know I run a hedge fund. Our hedge fund has exposure. Always want to be clear about that. Um, and this is not investment advice. I'm not telling you to go out and buy it. You guys got to make your own decisions. Okay, but why I like it is from a fundamental standpoint. They just voted to get rid of all of their inflation, um, and so obviously during this big run up was kind of the the Spartan Council going to vote, saying we're going to get rid of inflation. Um, so that makes this you know a little bit you know more scarce of an asset when they're not going to be printing you know infinite amounts more of it. You have a little bit more. Uh, definition to, to what's going to be happening. So anyhow, I put this chart out uh, a few days ago to our, our channel. I said, there's seven reasons why I'm pretty bullish on this outside of the fundamentals. You have this this resistance that's now uh, you know turning into support, right? So you kind of have that principle of polarity where we have the, the resistance flipped into support. Um, you've got the 200-day moving average, which is right here. Um, you came back, you retested it, found support. you got the volume point of control which is the most actively traded price point acting as support as well. You had a breakout from it, a retest. You've got this anchored volume weighted average price from the lows. This is clearly acting as resistance, resistance and now flipped with the breakout to support. And um, you got a falling wedge. I mean, this is a classic. I think uh, Charles Bukowski, who's uh, one of these great um, sort of uh, traders who, who has a, a really cool blog and and there's a bunch of different uh, statistics around the the probabilities of these breakouts. I think it's like sixty to seventy percent chance uh, that these are these end up being bullish patterns. So you're breaking out of a falling wedge, and then you've got declining volume in the pullback. So you had a really big climactic move up. You've got declining volume on the pullback. It means you know there's not a ton of sellers pu- pushing prices down. So anyhow, we put the alert out, and um, very shortly after, you could see um, this started to actually you know break out. Um, of that falling wedge and, and start to move higher. Um, and so we, we felt pretty vindicated here on this and, and we've got much higher price targets um, for SNX kind of in the near term and, and obviously the long term I mean this thing's at a billion dollar market cap and uh, if it really does become the de facto sort of liquidity uh, protocol for uh, you know perpetual uh, swaps and futures and derivatives, um, I mean a billion dollar market cap, you could easily see this 10x without any inflation, so you just have price appreciation, Um, you know, 10x, that's a $10 billion market cap, and that's still tiny uh, compared to what this could actually be. So anyhow, put that out, and then one other chart I wanted to show you here. Um, Okay, so one other coin, again, one letter off, STX, not SNX, but very kind of similar chart if you think about it. Um, You had a midterm resistance at $1.30 from March 2023, You had it again back here in December of 2023. Couldn't get above $1.30 to save our life. Um, Every time you got there, kind of broke down. Um, We finally had a big breakout and a retest. You could see these wicks right here. These shadows, uh, the wicks, whatever you want to call them, they uh, successfully retested $1.30. That was a a pretty long-term resistance that's now turned into a support. Um, Now, zooming in, again, we posted this. The the price of SNX was $1.61. Uh, It's now $2.13, hit that first target at the highs. Uh, And so kind of zooming in here, what do we see? We see a couple things. Number two, we have a breakout above the 20-day and the 50-day moving average, which is right here. You also have a bullish recross of those. Um, So you had the the death cross, now you got another golden cross, so you're in bullish territory. That's pretty, you know, a a very good sign. And also the 200-day moving average is way down here. So this trend is way above, uh, that long-term trend, which is you know an indication of a lot of strength, you also had a breakout of this short-term kind of resistance, this horizontal resistance that had capped price, um, and you also had this diagonal resistance that was forming you know a bit of a bull flag. Um, so we, once we kind of broke out from that diagonal, broke out from the horizontal confirmation, right? Boom, all you know, all systems go. And not only that, you also had a really great. Uh, consolidation and breakout from a volume point of control. So, you know, you you had confirmation of volume on the breakout. So, again, STX from a fundamental standpoint, also these anchored volume weighted average prices from pretty key levels in the past, you know, those all acted as support too. So uh, excited about what's going on there. And from a fundamental standpoint, um, you know, STX has a big upgrade coming. It's going to make it a lot faster and all that good stuff. Um, but real quick, while we uh, have the charts out, let's take a look at a, a, a chart of Bitcoin, just a long-term chart. Um, it had this just nasty falling wedge, kind of broke out of it. And then again, you know, fractals, right? Like the, the diagonal, the horizontal, once you break out, it just send the gas. So all of our you know, kind of resistances uh, have been broken. Now, we are fighting a little bit with this resistance from April of 2022, which was kind of the last stand. Uh, the bears really held up and then just drove price lower with the uh, credit market liquidation in crypto with Terra and Voyager and BlockFi and Celsius and all that stuff. So we've uh, retraced all of that. Um, it's a good sign. If you kind of throw on a, a weekly chart, I want to get rid of all this stuff. And I want to just throw on like a MACD. This is a moving average convergence divergence. So it's a, an indicator that shows um, your momentum and let's just brighten it up for, for the folks in back and get that going. And so you could see, um, you know, momentum here has been rising um, along with sort of the, the trend, right? The trend and the momentum. This is a, a custom 20-day, 50-day um, elder impulse system, these colored bars. So you can see that we've got confirmation of a, a confluence of positive trend, positive momentum. You had uh, you know, kind of uh, a bullish recross here of momentum above the zero line, right? The zero line is kind of the line in the sand that shows kind of when the, the MACD is below it, you're kind of in bullish or er, er, bearish territory. And when it's above it, it's bearish. Er, wow, okay, I just botched that. When, <laughs> when, it's, when it's below, it's bearish. When it's above, it's bullish. Um, but you could see that this recross happened above the zero line, which is just a classically bullish uh, signal. And that was that signal to break out here. And then you also saw what you know kind of was an attempted uh, bearish crossover uh, that you kind of very similarly above the zero line have something similar like this. So momentum would slow down at reset, and then you had a breakout. So we got a confirmation of the trend. We got a confirmation of some long-term momentum. Um, this 20-week moving average acted as uh, some very strong support. Uh, that volume point of control acted as support. So from a from a long-term standpoint, Bitcoin's still bullish. Um you know, this this is not showing many signs of slowing down. Um and Ether as well. Ether's uh you know trading very similarly to Bitcoin almost in lockstep. Um but the Ethereum ETF is on the horizon. I saw Franklin Templeton just announced that they're launching um or they they filed for an Ethereum ETF and and many of the other issuers of the um Bitcoin ETF are all launching the Ethereum ETF. Um Pending approval, um, May twenty third is kind of the the deadline that everybody's uh, looking at. Um, so yeah, uh, ETH has, has still a long ways to go. Um, very excited about ETH. Um, if taking a look at ETH BTC, you know things are still sort of in this uh, stair step down. Um, we haven't broken out. We haven't gotten into a full bullish uh, altcoin sort of season. Uh, if you were looking at ETH BTC as a proxy, still in a downtrend, but we've had this uh, this sort of arrow drawn for quite some time, and this uh, green order block basically uh, is still holding up as support. Um, so you know things are things are neutral here in uh, in the altcoin land when priced in terms of Bitcoin. You could also kind of see that as uh, evidence here in the, uh, the Bitcoin dominance chart uh the bitcoin dominance chart is still rising meaning bitcoin's market share is growing faster than the altcoins um which kind of would be expected um with the launch of the uh bitcoin etf but uh the halving is coming up right here uh you know very soon less than 60 days Um, sometime in april the window consistently shifts uh based on the the mining power Um, but we should see it sometime here within uh within the month of april and historically uh, Bitcoin dominance starts to fall uh, following a halving. So this will be the fourth halving. You can see here was the third halving right here, May of 2020. Uh, Bitcoin dominance, you know, fell following the uh, the halving. Again, going back to the second halving, um, Bitcoin dominance took a huge, huge spill after uh, the second halving. So we're just looking at a couple, you know, historical data points, um, you know, prices, you uh, for altcoins, tend to do really well in this sort of season. So, anyhow, that's kind of all the charts that that I wanted to share with you guys. Um, TiVo, any any kind of you know thoughts or, or, or feedback on that before we uh wrap things up? Um,
1: I so I just I feel like we're on the verge, and I, I know there's a lot of outstanding factors. Uh, one of them was CPI came out today. I guess it ran mm-hmm. a little hotter than ran they a little thought, hot. and then there's the. Yeah. And then there's the argument. You tweeted it yesterday, like the argument of, well, CPI, like people, I know it's like, oh, they, they take uh, rent the wrong way. And so you got to right. take rent this way. And if you did this and here, here's, here, actually I was thinking that I was drinking my coffee this morning, listening to the talking heads on TV. And this is. This is a personal opinion, but like, I swear I've been watching these shows for two years now talking about inflation and the same people that said we need to cut rates today or Jerome Powell is going to crash the economy. Now they're t- the same person said today is like, ah, oh, they can, you know, high and tight for a little longer. And, and now, now I don't know who to believe. And so then we've yeah. got uh, CPI data. We got trueflation, which I know we like. Um, we've had Stefan uh, on before and I, he's uh, on our digital currencies or, or sorry yeah. crypto community yeah. summit that airs is airing this week. Um, so I, 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 just wanted to get your take on that. So having commenting, yeah.
0: All dominance think-
1: in the future, inflation, what, what do you, what are you feeling?
0: Yeah. So, so it's a great question. Um, so first off, <laughs> this is not my, uh, my words, but it's, it's Barry Sternlicht. I think is how you say his name. He's this big, um, you know, uh, what's it called? You know, real estate developer, I guess you could call it. He's not like, he doesn't run REITs, but he runs, you know, a, a large, you know, real estate development firm, let's call it. Um, I think he owns 125,000 houses or apartments across the world. And he was saying that, you know, this CPI sort of calculation, this algorithm, you know, it's remained kind of unchanged since 1980. So, I mean, this was, was, you know, years and years before even I was born. And this was before the internet got storm. This was before, you know, real-time sort of data processing and all this shit, right? I mean, so (laughs) they're using... Really, really, really slow old calculations that is just not real time. And it, it, it could, again, as we've seen, cause them to make policy decision errors um, where they hold rates too low for too long because they're using old data. They think, oh, things are fine. You know, there's nothing to be worried about. And then all of a sudden they get hit like a ton of bricks, you know, cause you can't fight reality just because you don't see the real time data doesn't mean the real time data isn't out there actually existing, actually, you know, pushing market forces, <laughs> which is like a- obvious for us to say, but you know, they're, they're always using a really slow kind of lagging indicator um, for extra confirmation to be extra positive, but it's slow. You got to be more adaptive. And so, um, it, you know, now with, with systems like Trueflation, which have, Um, You know, kind of these real time, really robust calculations, many, many, many more data points. You could see inflation's dropping like a rock. And many smart people out there, analysts, you hear them talk, you know, inflation has been dropping. Um, They call it disinflation. So it's not deflationary, but it's just disinflationary, where price pressure has fallen off because the supply chains have kind of opened back up. Um, But the whole question comes back down to when is the Fed going to start cutting rates? And in the, at the beginning of the year, everybody was thinking there's going to be, you know, six rate cuts or something. But the Fed was saying there's only going to be about three. So there was that, like, gap between what the market was pricing with these, like, forward futures and stuff on uh, these Fed um, futures. And then there was um, the, the, the sort of Fed speak, saying it's only going to be three. It's going to be back half of the year. And so now, like, there's that sort of narrowing of that uh, of that gap. And you're seeing um, a little bit, you know, S&P had its worst day um, since, you know, all the way since December 2023. So its worst day of the year was on this CPI print that came in a little hot because it implies that the Fed is going to keep rates higher for longer. Um, They want to be sure, dead sure. Again, they always wait for extra, extra confirmation. They want to be dead sure that uh, inflation is dead in the water and never going to rear his head again. Uh, He doesn't want to be Volcker right um, who, who saw the kind of the the inflation come up come down and then come right back up again. so he wants to make sure um, and so they' they're waiting for for these slow confirmation because once they cut, they gotta go right It's very binary. you cut and then you keep cutting or you cut, you skip, you cut, you skip but you never cut and then raise. Cause then that throws the market for a loop. So they are saying they're not going to be raising They're they're kind of at that sort of rate that they want to be at right at five and a half or whatever it is. Um, and, and they want to be dead sure that once they start cutting um, they're, they're going the right direction. So they're just not, not a hundred percent sure yet. And that's what they're waiting for. They want to make sure that once they go in one direction, they continue along that one direction because if they don't, um, that could be even more damaging because then the market, you know, just completely goes risk off because they're like, oh my god, the people in charge don't even know what's going on. They're cutting one month, they're right. raising the next month, they're flat the other, you know. So, so they want to signal and guide um, very, you know, very, you know, resolutely. So we'll see. Um, I kind of am in the camp that, you know, di- uh, real time data is showing, you know, massive disinflationary pressures and. Um, you know, maybe towards the back half of the year they'll they'll start cutting um you know 25 bips at a time. But uh yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. And you know, I'm not I'm not the macro sort of expert here. I always uh you know like to defer uh to some other people who run macro specific hedge funds. I'm I'm the crypto guy. Um but you know, macro always does does come to bear on on crypto um because it's you know it's it's tracking liquidity it's tracking all this kind of stuff and actually on that note um one of the guys i really really always defer to is a guy named michael howell from cross-border capital and uh really really smart guy um and he's all about you know global liquidity and tracking just how much is is one central bank uh you know stimulating how versus all these others and just kind of giving you this net sort of outlook of, of global liquidity based on bond market volatility. Because if you think about it, bonds are uh, collateral for central banks to issue more debt against and all that kind of stuff. And so if bonds are volatile, then you could have uh, sort of, you need more bonds to collateralize for the same sort of uh, loan, if you will. And so uh, bond volatility has been high. So it kind of makes liquidity less. Now when bond volatility starts to go down, you could have more liquidity. Um, and so he, he factors in all these different things. He's not just looking at M two money supply or, you know, flat interest rates or anything like that. He, he's calculating lots of different factors and he's showing that, you know, there, there's an incredible amounts of liquidity that's coming. Um, that's been coming, that's continuing to come like that trend, that momentum is, is really strong. So, um, you know, all that being said, uh, I thought I was going to be done there, but another thought popped into my mind, um, If you go to my profile on Twitter, I think two of the most recent things I I, uh, retweeted uh, with some eyeballs uh, looking at, you know, kind of just saying, oh, here's what I'm looking at. Um, There is uh, two kind of indicators. There's two kind of indicators that um, show like during election years, this sort of second half of February tends to be really weak. So I would not be surprised to see a market reset in the short term. Um, You could kind of see. seasonality is very, very weak during election years um, between the the 13th of February and the 12th of March. So pretty, you know, worth noting. And I believe there was one more right there from Seth Golden, another guy who I'm always following. I think he's an incredibly smart manager. And um, he says, we're entering the worst two-week stretch of the year historically for the S&P 500 uh, going back to 1928. I believe this was. Uh, Yeah, sorry. Yeah, since 1928, you could see that two-week returns. You could see on the far right-hand side, uh, the last two-week stretch here in February, historically, on average, the worst two weeks of the year. Um, And you could see right there, um, worse than than, um, September. And you could also see February, the first two weeks of February tend to be actually pretty strong. So, yeah, I would brace for a little bit of a, you know, short term sort of correction or whatever. Um, there's uncertainty in the air with who's going to be the next president. Um, you know, the, the Democrats don't really know who they're going to run is what I'm hearing. I saw Kamala the other day was like, yeah, I'm ready to take the stand if I have to. If it comes to it, I'll, I'll you know, I'll, I'll do it. And, you know, there's just all sorts of craziness there. People are saying Michelle Obama, Gavin Newsom. We, we, you know, we don't know. And then obviously with the Republican Uh, sort of dealio. Uh, You know, Trump is kind of the leader there. Um, And so we'll see. But, you know, a lot of things still up in the air with some of these lawsuits and things. So I think, you know, in election years, we just see a lot of uncertainty in the first half. And then as we get closer to that date, you get more certainty. Right. I mean, that's that's how markets work. And so um, would not be surprised to see a little bit of softening. Um, just in the market with the CPI data, with S&P breaking above 5,000 and coming back down below 5,000, just a little bit of chop. But I think any sort of dips, if you see a sharp dip, and if in the next couple weeks you start to get scared and you start to feel a gut sort of, oh, my God, wait, did I make the wrong decision? That's your signal to buy, okay? Like that is your signal to buy because if you get a significant dip back down even below $40,000 or something like that and you start to feel it in your gut, that is the signal floor it all right
1: hold your nose hold your nose and buy
0: it
1: <laughs> <laughs> not financial advice never is not um, financial advice the so just to wrap up the cpi i remember that I, I saw that barry sternly quote and he he said if you ran how we do cpi and track cpi if you ran how we do that like you ran as a business as a ceo you'd be fired <laughs> Oh yeah! I'm just sitting here, like, dude. We have sentient AI, self-driving cars, and Elon Musk can land a rocket on on a penny. He knows where (laughs) the rocket's going to land on a penny, and we can't track CPI data correctly. Like that just blows my mind. But and there's revisions.
0: There's revisions every other month, and you know the employment data. I mean, they got their heads up their tushies. It's it's ridiculous. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh man, you would be fired. If you ran a company the way our government is running us in a sense, and I think it's about time that we start, uh, you know, pushing back and, you know, at the end of the day, we elected them. They are delegates of us. Right. And so, you know, right now, I mean, a lot of this this government is, is um, over overarching, just, uh, you know, a little bit of top down pressure. And I think the people need to take back a little bit of power and remind them that we're in control. The people are in control. Um, and yeah, screw the screw the deep I feel, state. <laughs> yeah, and I, I
1: feel like people are doing that with Bitcoin. I mean, obviously, yeah. the, you know, everybody's getting involved now, but it was definitely a retail thing to start. Um, it's and, a vote. Uh, we'll, we'll end on this. Something fun. We got the Actually, uh, giant no. bit. No?
0: One more before we do this. One more. One right, more. I'm go. sorry. There's so much that happens. You got to go and watch this clip. Uh, it's all these central bankers. Uh, laughing about how they... And, and we don't need to show it right now or whatever. You, you could kind of go in and edit back. But I got to show you guys this clip. It's all these central bankers in a room, They're they're laughing about how they have the easiest job in the world. They print all this money and people... Yeah, this one right here. Go ahead and play it. We fund ourselves... Your vote, you vote with your wallet, vote with your with your purse right here, and you know buy Bitcoin because these central bankers are laughing at you. They think you're
2: dumb. We actually fund ourselves and then work out what dividend is needed to pay. So um, we kind of work, it's a great business to be in central banking. Um, mm. You print money and people believe it, and um, <laughs> and um, and much uh, wood. Um,
0: and so um, so it's um, it's a slightly different beast. <laughs> I think it's crazy. Yeah, we we just need to figure out how much we need to pay ourselves first. We'll print that. People believe it. Yeah, it's a good business, and everybody laughs. Um, I just, you know, it's it's you know, in in some sense, um, a very crooked enterprise, and it does not really have your best interest at heart a lot of the times. Um, and maybe in the early days it did, but I do think that like you know this this is, you know, fractional reserve and zero reserve banking has has become very perverse, and it has. Um, just absolutely um, you know, inflated debt levels beyond what's manageable. And uh, it's, been, uh, it's been a pretty nutty little moment here in history. But luckily, we could opt out. Um, we don't need to be coerced into using one currency that we were born into anymore. We now have a global currency, uh, a borderless, permissionless currency that anybody in the world could use. People could spin up a wallet. No matter where you are, you could get money instantly for virtually no cost. And uh, you don't have to incur this hidden tax uh, that we all incur of inflation. So, um, anyhow, let's see. Let's see that uh, that giant Bitcoin float.
1: Yes, we had a, a parade in uh, in Carousel, or Carnival, Carnival. I don't oh yeah, know, I've, been I, to I've never been to a carnival, but I've heard they are phenomenal in the Caribbean. Um, so we're in carousel here and one one of the floats is this, It's just giant Bitcoin float <laughs> And I just uh, yeah, just after kind of following up on your speech like, hey, like the people are embracing it. Um, they're having fun with it, but they're using it. And like we yeah. just this whole episode was about prices are higher. Usage is higher. Google searches are not higher, but the people are still embracing it. We've got a giant Bitcoin float. Uh, I'd love to maybe we could be down at Carnival next year at Carousel and get on the float.
0: Yes, sir. a bull market and anything's possible
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's right the bull market anything is possible all right that's all i got for today mr bryce
0: yeah appreciate your time tivo as always uh and everybody at home watching or listening again um we have a lot more fun on youtube uh just you know obviously it's the same show but we always want to give you guys uh those visual sort of aids to, to help along so uh if you're listening Um, On your way to work or whatever, I totally get it. Pop back into YouTube, uh, check us out. The links are in the show note. We've got a lot of charts, a lot of fun stuff. Helps you uh, just you know get a little bit better grasp on what's occurring in the industry. Um, And yeah, that's all we got for you today. So appreciate everybody being a good citizen of Crip Nation, and uh, we'll talk to you guys same time, same place next week.